0: And welcome back to the Wondering Tailgaters. I uh, just wanted to talk a bit about week one. Uh, we were, of course, at the UConn-UCF game, which was not much of a game. It was pretty nice uh, round scoring. The the Knights did score 14 points in every quarter. Um, I, Mackenzie Milton is definitely the type of player who could get some consideration for a Heisman. Um, ever since what happened with Keenan Reynolds at Navy, I don't feel like a Heisman trophy winner can come out of a a small school or or a g5 school group of five school but uh you know maybe this is the year things change Florida's uh, Aaron Robinson was injured um just as as I was walking into the stadium after the kickoff um you know it's good to see it looks like he's going to be okay um UConn coach Randy Edsel even went and visited him later on um it's it's good it's good to see that he's going to be um, all right. You hate to see something like that at the start of the game. Really, sort of sets a tone where it's it's difficult to go back out on that field when when you got a guy on your team that's just been stretchered off, uh, especially a team like Central Florida with a new coach, um, some new some new personnel as well, especially on the defensive side of the ball. They did graduate quite a few leaders last year. Um, but Central Florida, you know, they were never in doubt that they were going to win that game. Um, UConn has so many young players in that secondary. It was, just, it was a tough matchup. Um, you know, in general, uh, I don't want to make this into a UConn podcast, even though I am a UConn grad. And I do root for them. Uh, I, I I will say I like where Randy Etzel's going, but um, we're looking at, like, a, a situation where I don't see any quick solutions. Um That's about all I can say about that. Uh, The atmosphere at UConn, though, as I was saying to somebody uh, who'd never been to one of the games here, it's actually a a pretty nice uh, setup as far as getting in and out of the stadium. Um, It's a huge tailgate area. I know that, and I think I might have mentioned this a bit, when I've been to, like, um, Ohio Stadium, when I've been down to – uh, Florida to see a game. Uh, you can't get that close to the stadium and just walk in and set up your place, set up your grill and everything. It, it really is a challenge. Um, that's one good thing they do have going for them at UConn. It's almost too much of a good thing uh, as the team started to sort of fall behind a bit in the post-Randy Edsel Part 1 era. You'd find that the tailgating in the parking lot was going on well into the second quarter and had to be broken up. But... Winning helps that. So, anyway, enough uh, of that. Um, week one, you know, there was um, some surprises. There were definitely some surprises. I know I am probably more surprised than most to see Florida State fall to Virginia Tech um, so easily. Um, you, you know, you had DeAndre Francois coming back at quarterback. It, really, the guy, I mean, he took a beating. He took a beating. But this is a guy who looked like he could be a, a pretty solid quarterback before he got injured last year and uh, didn't have much blocking. But uh, as I had said to Sean, and Sean's not here right now, but what I had said to Sean is that uh, the last time a Virginia Tech surprised a team like this, it was Ohio State, the year that they won the title, uh, the first playoff year. Um, I don't know that Florida State's going to do that this year, um, but it, it is... Uh, Unlikely that Florida State will play this poor a game again this season. Um, It looks like a lot of house cleaning, too, as far as uh, uh, the new coach in there. Um, It looks like there was a lot of bad blood the way um, that all went down as far as the coach leaving, new coach coming in. Uh, I'm not a huge Willie Taggart fan, to be honest. Um, I do think he's a very good recruiter, and I think he does get guys to play for him. Uh, but every time well, I saw a lot of them at South Florida, it seemed like they would have quarters where they just sort of disappeared a bit. Um, that cost them a conference title against Temple uh, a few years back, where they just had a real bad half against Temple, uh, and Temple ended up winning the, their side of the division, or their division in the uh, AAC. Uh, but that being said, the type of talent that he can pl- bring in at Florida State he should he should excel there i mean the guy wants to be there too you can tell he made a big contribution to their uh, florida state athletic foundation where they're putting in a whole bunch of new facilities so we'll see what happens there i, I would assume their things are going to look up from there the other uh, big one was uh, lsu uh, beating up on miami uh, miami was pretty good at the uh start of last year they sort of tailed off at the end of the season last year and lsu always has players and they're kind of a sleeper uh a big win for them big win for them uh new quarterback in there as well um looking at a couple of other interesting games um the texas maryland game so my take my take on that game is that Maryland um you know there's a lot of bad press about what happened with maryland and and the coach and and that's awful it's awful that that happens in football um, it ho- it's awful that that we get something like hydration um, and I heard somebody break down I forget who a real good breakdown about why this doesn't happen in the NFL but basically in the NFL these guys are allowed to hydrate all practice long and um, with the with the college players it's more of uh, they have to sort of try to prove themselves. Um, in a certain way uh, it's not like how would I put it in the NFL you you have to have the physical ability to be there but there's some guys in college who may not have maybe be lacking a certain skill and they just have to work hard to get in to get play time but anyway uh, all that aside uh, we can't we can't forget that Maryland the football team the players still consider themselves a team and still play and it was a good win for them, I mean, uh, to pull away at the end like that against a ranked Texas team um, you know, I, I'll, I'll with tom herman i, I mean i 'll harpen back to his days at Houston again, um, another coach who I think might have been a little bit overrated uh, coming out of of the american they when he was there, he lost some games that he had no no right losing i mean I remember the the last year he was there, they blew out Oklahoma. And, and they, they had a heck of an offense in that game, and the defensive line was just killing an Oklahoma line that a year later was probably the best line I saw last year. But the, the thing to take away from that game uh, was that they, they didn't play like that the rest of the year. I mean, they barely beat, I believe, Tulsa gave them a good challenge, and then they lost to SMU. The year before, they went into UConn and lost Um to a highly inferior UConn team that that lost their starting quarterback and had to use backup quarterback uh, and now Green Bay Packers backup quarterback Tim Boyle, uh, who played a smart game <laughs> that was definitely the highlight of his UConn career and it was probably the the highlight of the last five years at UConn. But again, uh, I know there's just no reason that they should have lost that game. And now at Texas, you know these teams are they're not playing SMU and UConn anymore. Uh, these are going to be tough games. Another thing, speaking – I should make another point about the American was uh, a surprise, I guess, with Cincinnati winning at UCLA. Uh, generally a pretty bad week uh, for the for the Pac-12. Uh, a couple of teams that – well, Washington lost, and that was to a good Auburn team. That's, that's res- certainly a respectable loss. But uh, some of the other teams didn't play all that well in that game. Uh, I think – or in, in week one, I should say, uh, a couple of teams – um, UCLA included, just totally shocked. Uh, Cincinnati team that usually is, I mean, Cincinnati uh, in the past decade has probably been one of the better G5 teams, but they did not make a, a, a bowl last year uh, and, and got lucky to, to get to five wins, I believe. I'm not looking at it, but I think they were a five-win team last year. Correct me if I'm wrong, and they got to six, and I'd feel bad. But still, uh, Luke Fickle's uh, team really looked good. Uh, against a probably more athletic uh, UCLA team. Uh, another game that was interesting was West Virginia beating up on Tennessee. Uh, this, the SEC East was an interesting league last year. You had um, Florida and Tennessee just historically down, and Georgia just all of a sudden first year with Kirby Smart and looking amazing, especially as the season went on. Uh, the thing about the, the game with West Virginia, though, is that uh, – Will Greer has definitely got to be considered a, a a viable first place candidate right now for the Heisman Trophy, and he'll certainly get his chance because the, the Big 12 is not a pass defense league. It's it's a f- shootout league, which is good. I mean, it's fun. Uh, Baker Mayfield certainly, well, Baker Mayfield, I should say, could have played anywhere because he was an outstanding college player last year. I can't say as an Ohio State fan I liked what he did in Columbus, um, especially at the end of the game, but the guy was was a legit top quarterback in college. I don't know. Uh, I don't follow as far as who should be the, the first pick overall, but he was. But uh, I, I'm more a fan of what they do in college, and he certainly was was a top college quarterback. Um, and I haven't even gotten to Oklahoma. I mean, obviously they had a pretty easy go of it week one, but the the rest of that offense without Baker Mayfield, it's is a lot of a lot of that offense returns. So they're going to be, be a lot of points scored there. But back to West Virginia. So Will Greer, uh, I saw him in person when he was on Florida. Um, obviously, a lot of things happened between now and then—a suspension and and uh, transfer—but. Will Greer looked as good as I've seen a college quarterback look uh, the week I saw him when they beat then third-ranked Mississippi uh, in Gainesville, uh, which was a, a real fun atmosphere, and, and I'm sure in the future I, I might even make it down to Florida this year for a game, and I'll certainly have plenty to say about that place. It is a, uh, it's a fun atmosphere, as any SEC school is. Uh, but Will Greer looks like he's going to be putting up a lot of points for West Virginia this year. Um, another game of note, and I, I must admit I didn't watch much of it, was the the Michigan Notre Dame game. And boy, people are down on Notre Dame or down on Michigan after this game. I know Notre Dame has a, an easier schedule of their ACC teams this year, but they still got to play a, some solid teams. and They got to play some West Coast teams. Uh, the thing about Michigan is uh, they they were playing in, a, in a, probably as tough a road environment as any of the top teams were playing in Week One. Against a rival, it's a good rival game, and and I, I, you know, looking at the numbers, they they didn't look that bad. Shea Shea Patterson had the interception, but you know, it's not not going to be. It wasn't a game breaker. Um, the the fumble at the end, I, that was. I mean, that's the part. I, I that was a tough play. It just looked like the Michigan offensive line was down, and that was really the the talk after the game. How bad that offensive line play was, which is. Just bizarre to think, because for years, even when Michigan wasn't that good, they still were producing offensive linemen all you know all over the place. You know, a guy would play there one year and then go in the second round in the draft. I mean, Michigan is known for that, and it's it's weird to see them struggle so much. Um, but uh, they will certainly be playing a lot of good defensive lines. Uh, they're going to have to block a lot better in in Big Ten play. Um, another game of note that I wanted to talk about was the sort of the G5 preseason <laughs> championship game. That would be Troy and Boise State, where Boise went down to Troy and, and beat them pretty good. Um, let's not forget that Troy was was a solid team last year and won at LSU. Uh, but Boise State, they, they, they seem to have a real good quarterback there, and they're going to score a lot of points. And uh, they play UConn next week. So they could probably put up about 70 there at the home game, too, up at Boise. So that's sort of where I look at from week one. There's no one I, – I guess i got to say no one but Alabama <laughs> looks so good that, that no one could beat them. Although I, I still don't understand why we're not seeing more respect for Georgia. Especially, I mean, I know the, the running back situation, they, they did graduate a lot. But I, I just I, – I think Georgia deserves some respect. Um, the other top teams. I mean, Clemson. They did They played a, a Furman team that's an FCS school and won fairly easily with the first-time quarterback. Um, I don't know what to take from that game. I need to see them play a little bit more difficult game. Um, Ohio State, another school that has a controversy going on, but they're probably playing one of the three worst G Five sc- or P Five schools. I would put Oregon State right there with with Rutgers and in kansas um and of course uh wisconsin with a sort of under the radar our, oh yeah we have our quarterback back from last year and we're pretty good win over western kentucky w- wisconsin's an interesting team they could be eight zero again going into the end of the season and it's sort of under the radar even in the big 10 uh just because of the way the schedule works out um and of course I didn't really want to consider Louisville a top team, but boy, Alabama took them took about real big on them. Uh, Alabama quarterback controversy will be interesting. Um, I guess uh, Nick Saban doesn't want to say it's a controversy, but when you got two guys that can could start pretty much anywhere in the country, and you got to play one of them. It's a bit of a controversy. Will it ever matter? I don't know. I don't know that it matters. Not not until we get to like week thirteen, where it's the SEC championship. Then maybe it matters. But uh, I they, they get they got to play at LSU. I mean, <laughs> most of the other tough games are home this year. So I think I think Alabama's typical Alabama, really good and able to score a lot of points, which is uh, usually. I mean, we saw defensive dominance in that game, but the offense doesn't usually pull that one out so it'll be interesting to see i mean alabama has a lot more coming back on offense for once um this this it'll be interesting to see them as the year goes on um so of all the other things that oh how could i forget the uh, overtime game uh penn state and app state where We almost, you know, there's some weird overtime games that week one. So the the moral of the story is, never play for the tie when you're the the road underdog like like App State. I have seen that happen so many times. A couple years ago, uh, Villanova, Syracuse, uh, up in the dome, the one double A Villanova Villanova Wildcats, who by the way also won this week and beat Temple, which is a a big win uh, within. Philadelphia and a big win for Villanova because they've been so they were so close to beating Syracuse that year uh, where they lost in overtime and they they almost beat UConn the year after that so they they've come close uh, that's a big win for them to beat Temple um, but aside from that uh, yeah App State ends up falling in overtime uh, Penn State survives at home no Michigan App State stuff. I know Penn State likes to brag about having no rivals because they they love to remind Rutgers of that. But imagine all those Ohio State people with a T shirt that said App State and they could have Michigan and Penn State on it. That'd be that'd be something and then by this, by the way, I'm actually sort of torn in the Penn State-Ohio State rivalry because my mother, uh, who is the big Ohio State fan, grew up in Upper Arlington right off campus. Um, she actually was born right on the Penn State campus because my my grandfather was a college professor and he, he got his doctorate right after World War II uh, right in State College. So uh, I will always be rooting for Penn State, um, but not when they're playing Ohio State. Uh, so that's where we stand after week one. Oh, another thing that should be brought up uh, was the weather situation. So we had we had a couple teams actually lose their game, and, and to focus on one would be Nebraska. The problem with Nebraska is their schedule this year is just ridiculously hard. They they had they they have to find try, try to find a way to get to six wins because you, you can't not make a bowl game again. And, and Scott Frost will do an outstanding job there. I have no worries about him. Oh, I saw what he did at Central Florida. He, he will be fine. <laughs> but the the schedule is 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 pretty rough for, for Nebraska. And getting to that magic six win now with 11 games, it's, it's just going to be hard. Now they're going to try and scramble and find a way to make up that game. And we saw that a lot last year with the hurricane wiping out um, a bunch of Florida school games. Um, I think it wiped out a UCF game. Uh, I think it was Miami, Florida State had to be totally postponed. Uh, Central Florida ended up only playing 11 regular season games last year because they did the league a big favor and rescheduled the game that got canceled by the hurricane. Um, or actually, they weren't even the one that lost that game. Yeah, they, they, made, they made up games. They rescheduled games around that hurricane, even on weeks that they didn't miss. And they lost the Georgia Tech game that way, which might have given them... They weren't getting in the playoff last year as much as I would love to have said they should have. They weren't getting in. Uh, but... Uh, getting back to Nebraska. So now you're looking at a team that has to go six and five and let's go through the conference schedule and let's just go through the whole schedule. So they lose the Akron game. Now they have Colorado coming in, um, which is probably a winnable game, but a challenging game. Then they have Troy who, even though Boise beat them pretty good, that was a good team last year. And then you're right into the the conference schedule at Michigan home for Purdue at Wisconsin at Northwestern home for Minnesota at Ohio State, home for Illinois, Michigan State, and Iowa. At Iowa, I mean that's that's as, as difficult a schedule as anyone has in, in a Power Conference this year. Uh, within the league, uh, looking looking at some of the teams, I mean they have a week where they're going to go Michigan State, then right to Iowa, and both of those teams, Michigan State and Iowa, are just physical pounding teams on defense anyone who watched Iowa last year, it, I know they probably should have won a couple of games they didn't, and they they did destroy Ohio State. Uh, Iowa was as fun a team to watch last year, uh, especially the Iowa-Penn State game, which was probably one of the better games I've seen in, in a long time. Uh, that's the game where I sort of thought Penn State would be the team to to make that run for the title. Unfortunately, they didn't get in. I think they could have made a run, but... Uh, then you've had that Michigan State team, which, uh, as I said, the Michigan State-Michigan game last year was the most violent college football game I've seen in years. Uh, the hits in that game, everyone, everyone was sore after the game. Then you had that rain coming down, and it just made it worse. But the thing about these makeup games uh, with Nebraska, they, they're they going to struggle. Their bye week, if I take a quick look, their bye week is... But they don't have a natural bye week, do they? Eight? No, they don't. They they just had the week off at the end, right? So it could be difficult for them to find a way to make up that game. I mean, Nebraska's probably, let's just say they're not going to be in the big Big Ten championship game. And if they are, that means they got their wins. And Scott Frost is even a greater coach than I think he is. But they might be playing on that, that week of, you know, the Army-Navy week, or they could be playing in the conference championship week to make up a game. Yeah, is that right? That they, So that they've got Colorado this weekend. Ne- Troy, Nebraska, yeah. They do not have the natural – oh, they do. It's, it's the th- fourth week of October. So they would have to find a team that has an opening – the fourth week of October to play because the rest of the games are all conference games and they can't they can't get into those. Um, so in my in my career I worked a lot in my event management ticketing career. I worked a lot more um, baseball than I did in football and with baseball there's just an expectation in certain cities it's gonna it's gonna rain um, and there's gonna be games cancelled, especially early in the year or certain times uh where where you get more rain. Like if you're down in Florida, you can pretty much guarantee there's gonna be a delay if you're in Miami most days and, and they don't have that concern in Tampa until they build the new stadium that they're never gonna build. But I actually dealt with an interesting situation with that once where I was covering a game and it hadn't rained since three hours before the game. And it had rained overnight. And this was in Oakland where they don't get a lot of rain, especially a couple of years ago during the drought. And they actually had all the teams on the field. They had a high school band ready to go out and sing the, the national anthem. And they canceled the game <laughs> because they just couldn't dry it off. So uh, it, as a fan, those fans were upset. and I And I can imagine the same thing is true with the Nebraska fans and and with the fans that have dealt with like lightning delays or cancellations in the past and Virginia Tech had an opener a couple of years ago um, and a lot of these people do, it's not like people are going out to Oakland to go watch an Oakland A's game, um, from across country, but there's probably people who have, uh, season ticket holders who traveled out to Nebraska. I know we used to, my mother and I used to make a season, uh, every year we would make a trip out to Columbus and I can't imagine that we would fly all the way out there to sit in a stadium and get poured on for a quarter and then not have the game played, um, with baseball, it's easy, obviously. You just play a doubleheader the next day. Or you, there's, Sometimes it's a challenge. Sometimes you get some weird off-day thing. But in general, it's pretty easy with football because you really need to have at least four days rest, and you can't play two games in the same week. The, the scheduling gets a little creative. Last year, there was a Sunday game. Uh, UConn and, Central, and Eastern Carolina played a Sunday game because of the way the games all got canceled. And UConn was football stadium was hosting a U.S. men's national soccer game on Saturday, so um, at least they made it up. With this one here, I think there was an effort to try to get Akron to stay. Um, I think there's like a one point it was a one point seven million dollar contract for Akron to come out and play this game, but they had nowhere to stay the next night, and this was something where they were going to plan to get on the bus the next day, and or not on the plane, I should say, and take off. Um, that, that's going to be an issue because. Uh, we will see more of these games aggressively scheduled. We're going to see a lot of these kind of games too, where uh, Power Five schools are pay- playing are paying money to have G Fives come in, and even some good G Fives are taking money right now to come in and play. Um, you're sh- unfortunate, and I think it's unfortunate. You're seeing teams like. Uh, Well, we've seen South Florida lose a couple. They had a couple games where teams canceled out on them. Uh, Central Florida is is having trouble scheduling some of these schools because who wants to go play a team that's probably going to go beat you? Um, You you, you see it. uh, um, There's a couple. Let's see. uh, Tennessee owes UConn a game that probably will never get played. Um, I can imagine some of the schools out west uh, the same thing. Um, even a school like BYU, where they just went and hammered Arizona, and uh, they got Cal coming up, and they they could <laughs> easily there's a way they could go oh uh, They they be it's going to be tough. I mean, they 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 do draw pretty well. That BYU does have a really good fan base as far as travel, but it's going to be tough to to draw for some of these schools. I should say it'd be tough for them to get some the games they want scheduled. You have a couple teams this year, even playing um, two FCS schools. Uh, I won't get, I won't name names, though. But we're looking at a, a year where we're sort of seeing that transition. And part, and getting back to Nebraska, this this is a thing where if you have these G five schools coming in, it's almost impossible to have a contingency to to play them on another day because their budgets are just not so much that you can just go book out half the hotel rooms in Lincoln to have people stay and play on a Sunday. Um, and 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 it's unfortunate that it's week one because it's it's tough to come back and just not have that real game, not really play week one. I, I can't imagine what it's like for those players. You know, they got out there they. They were going and, and then they had to stop and now they wait another week and it really it makes a difference. I mean if, if I, I just happen to watch a little bit of Rice in Houston and Houston is by far the better team, but in that first half Rice Rice had played in the, the infamous week zero game and, and they look like it. They look like a more experienced team. So now these teams that have had that cancellation they're a week behind. It's almost as bad as having that bye week like week two, week three, which I've seen happen as well. Uh, you don't want to get stuck in that because th- these kids are learning. There's so much learning going on right now. Uh, I can't imagine you, you lose that that sixty sixty or <laughs> you lose that game that gameplay experience and, and you're behind everyone all year. Um, it, I've seen it happen. I've seen teams poorly schedule a week free buy and and, sh- and suffer after that. You really want to make sure. It's nice to have that buy in conference play, but I know that's not always the way it works out. Um, but yeah this is this is something that 's going to happen more often where you 're going to see these games canceled um, i 've never been to lincoln uh it's, it's on my list as are many schools uh to visit um, The way it lines up this year, I think I have a really exciting trip coming up to a place i 've always wanted to see a game just overlaps with the trip I have to make and and i 'm really looking forward to that. But um, I I would assume it's the same sort of thing where basically, like Columbus, where the whole town basically shuts down game day. Uh, You you can't really go anywhere without either seeing the team on TV or getting to the stadium and just being in the jam of traffic. Um, I would assume that 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 hurts the local revenue as well. And for people that have made that maybe annual trip to go see a game, I I know a guy that just – his parents just bought tickets to go see a game in Ann Arbor that had never been there before, and if this was the case where this got canceled and weren't made up, um, there's there's a lot of loss that's that that's possible, and in, and a lot of the game day experience stuff you miss as well. Um, I've been fortunate; I have been to some pretty lousy weather games, uh, cold weather wise, but I've I've never been to a game where um, for more than a quarter it was really bad. I did get inside, I was at a South Florida game where. It was pretty bad for about a quarter, but by the end of the game, I don't even think it was raining anymore. That's that's typical Tampa area where you get those storms just sort of blow through. But uh, it's something that needs to be addressed. I mean, the next thing you might see is a block of teams trying to make sure that there's some overlap in their schedules when they have these G5s coming in uh, so that one could play the other if there was a cancellation, like in a, in a later week in the season. Uh, it's too bad uh Scott Scott Frost I'm going back to Nebraska. Scott Frost is a guy who who he did everything last year. What what they did at Central Florida um and they and people don't remember how bad Central Florida was uh, two years ago. They they didn't win. They went 0 and 12 and and they went 0 and 12 against some pretty bad teams in their league. Uh that was a pretty top heavy year where I think he had five or six good teams in the American and then the bottom part was pretty brutal um much like last year um maybe even more so um and then to go undefeated uh and and I still give them a lot of credit for beating auburn as and I don't think there's anything to take away from that game that auburn wasn't trying or that that was that was a huge win so that's where we are week 1 um, Sean will be back with me later on. Sean has a job, and <laughs> we all have jobs, but um, I really enjoyed being at the game with Sean and listening to some of Brian's cooking tips. Um, I think I'm going to steal Brian for my road trips this year. If we have any games coming up, we're just going to have him bring a smoker, or just grill it on the back, uh, pull it, put it on the back of Sean's uh, truck and just uh, pull it. Uh, like with a, t- a trailer, we'll just go back there and, and set things up. It was really, it was a good night. I mean, even I mean, I'm admittedly a UConn fan and, and I actually have a, a, a former coworker who's a Central Florida fan who made the trip up to the game at UConn and I, I sat with him in the third quarter, I think for two touchdowns. And, uh, you know, I I kind of at this point didn't really care about the, how bad the outcome of the game was, but it was just a nice night to get there Um and I'm sure everyone who came out, this, this first week of the, of the college football season is great. I'm not an NFL guy, um, but the, the college, that first week where you do have those extra games, you had the Thursday night games, you had a couple, you had a Sunday game, you had a Monday game. Uh, it's, it's great. I could watch this stuff all day. And the great thing about it is without the competition, the first week you don't have that NFL game competition. You can go back and, and sort of dig into the highlights the next day without having to worry about who's setting up what fantasy team for the NFL the following week. And it's enjoyable. Uh, I know that these people have to, like, play, uh, have to go to class and stuff, but I wish we could have two weeks of week one, really. I know we have that week 0.5 and the – the Hawaii's of the world that get the extra game. But um, it would be, it'd be something, you know, it's just the same sort of way that like you're you're dying for college football that last week. And all you have is that army Navy game. And uh, for so long, Navy dominated that game. Navy Navy is as well coached. I'm not going to try to pronounce the coach's name. (laughs) He is, but he's one of the best coaches um, really uh, that I've, that I've seen at the college level. And I'm surprised Navy has been able to keep him. Um, just a great coach, great leader. Um, and, and don't get fooled by the fact that they just run that that uh, Navy triple option offense. They they could run anything. He could run anything. Um, but that Army-Navy game last year was a special game. Um, our, what's going on in Army is pretty special as well. They've they've really improved. But, yeah, that's that last week of the year where you just have that game uh, standalone. It's usually when you're up here in the Northeast, it's freezing. You know, I remember – The week before would be, like, the the conference championship week. And I remember just running to the house as fast as I could just to see the end of uh, the SEC championship one year. And it was so cold outside, I couldn't even get the door open. Um, So I can only imagine what these uh, southern schools must be like when they have to come north to play bowl games. But anyway, that wraps it up for the Wondering Tailgaters. Sean will be back with me next time. And thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it.